0: Algar Productions.
1: Spider Monkey Sugar presents Sarcastic Voyage Theater. Vintage radio comedy with a modern sensibility. Featuring the unparalleled talents of the world-renowned Sarcastic Voyage unpaid voice acting players. And now, The Radio Adventures of Dottie.
2: Sugar Crunch Cereal presents The Radio Adventures of Dottie. Eleven-year-old Dottie, junior agent for the Ministry of the Unconventional for Canada and the U.S., is on a mission to rescue her friends, senior agents Matt Nalgar. After enduring considerable distractions along the way, Dottie believed she was finally on the way to completing her mission as she boarded the ship of fellow MUCUS agent Captain Morrow. But then, much to her surprise, as well as that of Captain Morrow himself, the ship was seized by pirates and redirected on a mysterious new course. And now, today's episode. Bring me the head of Captain Morrow. Don't worry, Captain. We may be hanging in a dungeon
3: right now, but we'll be free soon enough.
4: I can't believe I let my vessel, the sweet lady Mango Bango, fall into the hands of pirates.
3: If I, I can just reach the lockpick set in my shoulder pocket... Did you say mango bango? When
4: I applied to the ministry, they told me, Morrow, this is, if you're aiming to serve M-U-C-U-S in a nautical capacity, there are but three basic requirements. Mm. Mm.
3: There, I've got the pocket open. No, I should be able to work one of the picks loose with my teeth.
4: You gotta have your own ship. This is. That's a chick, a big chick.
3: A mango bango, right?
4: Gotta be able to sail her as smoothly through choppy seas as you would when the water looks like glass. I
3: right, one hand's free. Which should make opening the other cuff...
4: And you have to be able to keep pirates off your vessel. It's only the third of three simple rules, and I failed. I don't deserve to call myself an old salt. Captain... I'm not even a new salt. Captain Morrow, sir... I'm no salt of any kind. I might as well be sour, or, 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 or bitter, or ooh, mommy, whatever that even is.
3: Excuse me, please. I don't
4: even love land, but I really am no better than a landlubber. And... But, what? What is it, last? I
3: got free, Captain. Oh, of
4: course you did. A nine-year-old child.
3: I'm eleven.
4: Thank you. The eleven-year-old child gets free from my own brig faster than I can. And I designed this brig myself.
3: I didn't do anything special, Captain. I just used the lockpicks that come in every standard MUCUS field kit. Say, I wonder why Mr. Matt and Mr. Al never think to use theirs. Horses. I hope they're Okay.
0: Matt? Hey Matt? <coughs> what's what's that? Are you still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. I'm still hanging in this dungeon. Still? Whew. Good. Good. Well, the dungeon part's not good, but the part where you're still alive is. I just noticed that skeleton hanging between us and for a minute I thought, "What? You thought I got turned into a skeleton?" I don't know. Maybe. I hadn't noticed him there before, and then you got quiet, and I saw a skeleton, and I guess I just put two and two together. I fell asleep. Also, that skeleton's been here the whole time. Has he? I call him Herbert. Hey, yeah, he looks like a Herbert. Right? Hey, Herb. Mind if I call you Herb? He doesn't say much, does he? He's not what I'd call a great conversationalist, no. Silent! Ow! Boy, I sure hope Dottie hasn't forgotten that she's supposed
4: to be rescuing us. Oh, right. Dottie.
3: There you go, Captain.
4: Well, I thank you, young Dotty, but I don't deserve my freedom.
3: Horses, don't talk like that. I'm going to need your help to stop those pirates.
4: I think you're just going to have to go on without me, lass. I'm no match for the likes of these scurvy sea dogs.
3: You know, Captain, some of the so-called heroes I've run into on this adventure were nothing of the kind. At least one of them needed what the colonel would call a sharp crack in the gob. Just completely useless.
4: Aye, that's me.
3: I don't think you are, sir. You took charge of the cleanup effort when that giant dead crab threatened to stink up the city. You offered to help an agent in distress. Me. When she needed your help. And I saw the fight you put up against those pirates when they took your ship.
4: Aye, but it wasn't enough. Of
3: course it wasn't. There were twenty of them and only one of you.
4: Yes, but they were my own men. I should have-
3: Captain, as far as I can tell- you're a good man who's done his best at every turn.
4: Maybe I have, but my best wasn't good enough.
3: I think, to borrow another phrase from the colonel, you've got the mobs. It,
4: the what now?
3: It means that you're subject to occasional melancholy. Like, your moods sometimes overwhelm you, and you feel like you can't do anything right, even when everything seems fine.
4: Look around you lass. ''Pirates have stolen the mango-bango. Nothing is fine.''
3: ''But I'd be willing to bet that you still get these feelings sometimes, even when that isn't the case. Am I right?''
4: ''Well, I...''
3: ''There's no shame in that, sir. It's not anything you've done wrong. It's just, like... a sickness. Like you've caught a cold or something, and like a cold, there might not be an actual cure, but there are people who can help you treat the symptoms.'' You don't say. I do say. And I'd be more than happy to put you in touch with those people. After we take your ship back.
4: Aye, you're a good egg, Dottie. And that'd be a seagull's egg, of course. Because-
3: We're at sea. Oh, I got it. I'm glad to see that I'm not the only one who's struggling with sea puns. Cut
4: me some slack. I'm feeling very vulnerable right now.
3: Horses? How many of these guys are there?
4: The crew complement was 22, not including me. But I think we must have picked up some additional scalawags along the way.
3: Do you know these people? Or what they want?
4: Well, they ain't said it out loud like, but they're probably all working for me arch-nemesis, the Lady Regino Draco.
3: (laughs) Is she the one who wants to kiss you?
4: Aye, that she is. Aye, aye, I deserve that. But, sink me! They've got someone walking the plank!
3: But they think we're both in the brig. Who could they... Oh no!
5: Horses!
3: They're throwing my robot into the sea! We've got to do something, Captain!
4: Aye, I wish we could. But if we go rushing in there, cannons a-blazing... Well, two things will happen. One, they'll capture us and make us walk the plank. And two... It won't work anyway, on account we don't have any cannons. But
3: we can't just let them take...
4: We're too late for your metal friend, young Dottie. Tabulating! Oh.
3: You terrible people! He was my friend. He wouldn't have hurt you. He was designed to help humans. <sighs> I shouldn't have lost my temper like that. he was very unprofessional. But... Why aren't they coming after
4: us now? It looks like they're all captivated by something just off the starboard bow. But
3: what could be on a- the
4: Horses! It's a giant octopus! We must be near Lady Regina Draco's island. She has all manner of giant beasties defending it. And it doesn't surprise me at all that her own men are too stupid to fend them off.
3: What can we do, Captain?
4: Only one thing for it, lass. I've got a small two-seater biplane on the far deck. We gotta get off this tub. But I thought captains went down with their ships. For heaven's sake, girl. You just took me off the ledge. Why would you want to tuck me right back onto it? Good point.
3: Race you to the plane.
4: Okay, now climb into the... Oh, oh, that's... uh, You you know that's the pilot's seat, don't you?
3: It's okay. I'm fully licensed and qualified to fly this. Well,
4: don't that just...
3: Clear prop. Uh, Clear. Are you strapped in securely, Captain? Aye, aye. Activating ignition. Pulling throttle, and we're off.
4: Well, hang me from the yardarm. You really do know how to fly a plane.
3: Of course I do. The Ministry wouldn't just send an agent into the field without basic survival skills.
0: Silence! Ow! Uh, maybe you should just leave this guy's mother out of it
4: altogether. Nah, I can take it.
3: Okay, so... That way is north, which would make that way east. We have a full tank of fuel, so I think we can. Uh, dotty. Do you want to see the map? I'm sure you're much more experienced at this sort of thing. I just wanted to test myself to see. I
4: I, can... I, 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 lass, you're doing great, but we have a more immediate concern at the moment.
3: What do you? Horses. The dark fog is seeping in from every direction. It's surrounding us.
4: I can't see a thing. So it's not just one of my moods, then. That's what I was afraid of.
2: We're going to crash. Tune in again for our next exciting installment, Fortress of the Island Queen. Only on Sarcastic Voyage Theater.
5: Kids, it's me. You know me. I'm your old pal, Saccharin the Spider Monkey. Yay! You know, kids, I have a lot of energy. You may have noticed I have a lot of energy. It's pretty hard not to notice. (laughs) People always ask, Saccharin, where do you get all this energy, Saccharin? Well, kids, this energy, this energy comes from one place. That's right. Only one glorious ingredient gives you all the temporary and fleeting energy you can take. What's this miracle substance? Oh, come on, kids. You know this one. You're smart, kids. Okay, then I'll just tell you, it's sugar! Nothing hits the old spot quite like sugar does. Remember that energy I talked about before? What sugar gives you is better than energy. It's pep, 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 pep. Backwards it's still pep. Turn it upside down, it's bab. Never turn it upside down. Only sugar can give you the pep you need to get through your day with a song in your heart and a spring in your step. Also, also, it's really healthy. Why? Just ask this Diggity
2: what he thinks about
5: sugar. I love it wouldn't lie to you kids, and know who else will love sugar? Your mom! Because when she gives you sugar, you can do great things, like run really fast! And
2: scream! Sugar
5: Crunch cereal is so chock full of saccharine sweet spider monkey sugar, so pour yourself a heaping bowl right now! Or if you don't have any cereal in your house, you can just go ahead and eat some sugar directly out of the bag! Tell your mom that saccharine the spider monkey said it was okay! Tell her it's her fault for not keeping enough cereal in the house, but the plain sugar is also great because it makes fantastic breakfast or anytime snack sugar!
6: It may not be every day that you go down to the pharmacy to enjoy a delicious rhubarb phosphate after dinner, but do you know what goes into making your favorite drinks? Franklin's Pharmacy presents the Soda Jerk Minute with our resident jerk, Darlene McGinnis.
7: Hi there. We pride ourselves on the quality and friendliness of service you receive here at our soda counter. And there's more to
5: that than just Give me a large cherry Coke. Can't you see I'm trying to do a radio segment here? Oh, come on, lady, I just want a cherry coke. Fine.
7: Stretch a cracker with a red eye. As I was saying, there's more than just making great drinks for all our fine customers, but we have to be fast and able to handle all sorts of- Hey, can I get an orange smoothie? Pistol whip it with a side of scurvy. We have to be quick about it and know all the many ingredients what go into. Hey,
0: I didn't know we had one of these. What time do you get off, sweet cakes?
7: Buddy, if you don't stop interrupting me, I'm never gonna get off. <sighs> there are many quality ingredients that go into our drinks like malt, phosphate, cow juice, sarsaparilla, strawberry shrub, moxie, black Angus, yogurt. Prune pudding? Rocky Mountain oysters? Can I get a slice of pie
5: to go with mine? Jerk it and go, screw!
6: Yes, the quality of service you'll receive at our soda counter is second to none. Visit us next time you're in town. That's Franklin's Pharmacy, 739 Maple Street. Let me sing you a little song about a special gal I know from Cincinnati.
1: Now wait just a minute there, fella. I was about to sing a song about a special gal I know from Detroit.
6: That's to you and your old chunk of lead from Detroit. This little ditty's about a real
1: spiffy dish from Cincinnati. Nobody ever got no place good being stuck on a girl from Ohio. I'm afraid your visit to the studio was a trip for biscuits. Now step aside before I wrap you up. I'd like to see you try. What have you done? <laughs> come here, you I am not your You've got a head like a cabbage.
5: That's right, kids. Pep. You know what the best thing about Spider Monkey Sugar is? Uh, Shut up and I'll tell you! The, the best thing about Spider Monkey Sugar is that Pep will last you all day. So tell tell your mother. Tell her. Sugar, it's Sugar's
1: life. And now, our feature attraction. Conventional wisdom on Broadway, in Hollywood, and at publishing houses the world over says that nobody wants to see another story about a lovesick nun. But we here at Sarcastic Voyage Theatre feel there's one medium that hasn't run this tired old trope into the ground the radio. Our story begins in a bustling office in a big city.
5: Hello, Milligan Agency. No, I'm sorry, we're not interested in your trained sheepdogs. Well, I'm sure they are adorable, but we have a firm no animals, no babies policy. No, it's not negotiable. I'm sorry, but we simply can't. They hung up. Get two telephones in your office, Nora. It's modern times, Nora. Nora, you simply must keep up. <phone rings> Hello, Milligan Agency. A family act, you say? And the father puts his... Oh. Oh, yes. I see what's happening here. The act is called the Aristocrats, isn't it? It may shock you to learn, sir, that we receive this pitch no fewer than three times a day, and frankly, you're telling ranks amongst the weakest I've heard. Well, you've got to give it a little build-up. You don't just start with a father putting his... Oh, please. Hello, Milligan Agency. Sorry we don't do baby acts. Well, yes, I'm sure she is precious and... And she swallows how many silver dollars? No, I'm not so much concerned with the safety of the child as I am the money. There's a depression on and I'm certain Mr. Roosevelt would prefer it if we put our money in. Say, Nora, could you... Not now, Jerry, dear. I have a phone call. Well, two phone calls, because someone decided it's, it's modern, modern times. times. Well, it is. If you're not going to answer either of these contraptions, could you just sit quietly? I'll be with you in a moment. Yes, dear. Now then. Oh, goodness. I would no idea it was that sort of baby act. Oh, you're the aristocrat's fella, aren't you? Well, why are you still in line? Well, I'm sure they are perfectly acceptable as legal currency. Could you please speak up? I can't hear you over that crying baby! If it's a baby act,
7: why don't you just hang up on them? We don't do baby act.
5: Yes, I realize we don't! That's a good point. We appreciate your consideration of our agency. Good day! (sighs) You seem (sighs) tense. Now what could possibly have given you that idea? Should I come back later? I mean, you're my fiance and my business partner, so I can think of at least two reasons why you might consider helping me right now. If anything, you should really be answering one of these blasted, you see? Uh, uh, So let it ring, they'll call back. I tried that once and they did call back. Immediately On the other line. And then they somehow managed to make both lines ring because they, I suppose they think it's modern times too. I can't handle this, Jerry. It's going to drive me completely out of my mind. We'll have to have my straight jacket fitted with bridal train. Oh, but then forget all of this. Let's take the day off. This will
7: all be here when we get
5: oh, back. Oh, but I couldn't possibly.
7: Nonsense. I've read about being impulsive and I've always wanted to give it a try. So let's just walk out the door together right now that door? It's the only exit out of the building, my dear.
5: But it's mid-afternoon. It's not as though we could go out for dinner and dancing at 2.30pm on a Wednesday. Oh, we could go see a picture. That's ridiculous. Who goes to the movies in the middle of a work day? Plenty of people or they wouldn't have these
7: matinee showings. Let's see. See Here we have Melvin Douglas and Joel McRae
5: and the good ones were busy. <sighs> that doesn't sound like a good idea to me.
7: All right, then, what would you suggest? You clearly want to get away from me.
5: Oh, dear. Just let it ring. Why? Are you going to answer it?
7: No, I told you, we're trying an experiment. We're going to do something impulsive,
5: you and I. Well, first of all... Oh, there goes the other phone. Ignore it. Well, first of all, this started as your experiment, and now it's graduated to our experiment. And second, right now someone's at the door.
7: So let them be at the door. You're talking to your fiancé.
5: Oh, but I can't just...
7: Oh, you know, you work here, too. I do. And, And
5: perhaps when we're through being impulsive... You've been talking about being impulsive since you got here. Now I realize neither of us has much experience at this, but I'm positive you're doing it wrong. your turn! We live in a society of rules for heaven's sake!
2: (sighs) Well, gee, sis, if this is a bad time... Oh, Susie, I didn't know it was you.
7: Hello there, future sister-in-law.
2: I thought you two might be kissing in here, which is why I rang first. Mm, No such luck. Yes, I can see that. Maybe you should have been. If I didn't know better, I'd say she was suffering from... from a repressed libido complex. Boy, you're really getting your money's worth
5: from those psychology classes, but I'm not sure I'd go so far to say that she's... You know,
2: I'm standing right here. You needn't talk about me like I'm not in the room. Why don't you have a seat on this couch here and... Oh, uh, I wouldn't advise that. But who better to listen to and fix my big sister's problems than me, a psych major!
7: Oh, it's not that. It's, it's just... That couch hasn't been habitable since Lester Roberts and his prodigious pyramid of poodles visited last week.
2: I thought you didn't allow animal act.
5: Mr. Roberts didn't listen. Nobody ever listens. Oh, now, Nora, darling, you know that it's... I never wanted any of this. This chaos... But it seems to follow me. Ever since I moved to the city, things just have a way of building and building and getting more and more crazy until everyone's talking over one another and it's all noise and telephones and this frantic music in my head. Just this maddening up tempo xylophone theme in an endless
2: loop. <laughs> Nora, all good-natured ribbing aside, if you're hearing music that nobody else can hear, perhaps the problem is going to be bigger— When I was a little girl in Connecticut, I had
5: this friend, Nancy Carmichael. She was Catholic, and her aunt had decided to become a nun. One day, Nancy and I went up to the monastery— I think they call them nunneries. And we had a nice, long visit with her. Everything there was so quiet, so filled with purpose. Sure, she seemed a little wistful— not not exactly lonely, but lovesick. Like she didn't so much miss the actual romantic relationship so much as she missed the idea of being in love. And that wistfulness somehow made her seem even deeper because it made her human. Uh, are you going somewhere with this love?
2: You will recall, sis, that we grew up in the same town in Connecticut and I don't remember any Nancy Carmichael, much less... Any time modern life gets so hectic that I can't even see straight and I start hearing that
5: music, doodle i just wonder what it might be like to go back to connecticut back to that monastery nunnery and become a lovesick nun sure i know it's a cliche but it just feels like i'd be happier is it a cliche i can't say as i've ever heard of one before now you know what To blazes with all this. It's just too much. I'm going to do it. Do what? Sorry, can't talk, Susie
2: dear. I'm off to follow my dreams. But we're to be married in three... It is my considered medical opinion that this is a clear-cut case of... Oh, for heaven's sakes, girl. You're 19 years old. You're no more medical professional than your nutty
7: sister. My nutty fiancé is a lovesick nun. Whatever that even is, I've got to get her back.
5: Our father, which art, well, surely it's who, who art in heaven. Hello, father, thy kingdom is the power and the glory. That can't be right. I think I must have skipped over the entire part about bread.
6: Excuse me. Thy
5: daily bread delivered. I
6: do beg your pardon.
5: Delivered temptation. Yes? I
6: I couldn't help overhearing your rather minced oath there.
5: Minced oaths? I'm afraid you have me confused with a horse.
6: Oath? Minced oath?
5: Oh, yes. I'm terribly sorry. It's only... I'm off to become a lovesick nun, you see, and... Uh, what now? A lovesick nun? Surely you've heard of a lovesick nun before.
6: Can't say as I have.
5: It's perfectly simple. The hectic pace of modern life, combined with my own personal tendency to attract chaos wherever I go, causes me to hear frantic xylophone music in my head. Doodle doo doodle-doo, doodle-doo-doo like that. And it's become unbearable, so I've decided to go into seclusion as a lovesick nun. You know, like in all those stories.
6: Say, you're from the big city, are you?
5: Is that all you got from what I just said?
6: And is this what the delusional career woman on the go is wearing this season?
5: What? Well, I've no idea. Uh, I'm sure, but it is what I wear, I suppose, so technically yes.
6: Only, I'm a tailor, you see, and it's always been my dream to shed the vestiges of my small town pastoral life and seek my fortune in the big city.
5: You don't sound like you're from the small town.
6: Cornbrook, Connecticut, born and raised.
5: Why, that's where I'm going.
6: That's where everyone on this train's going. There's only one stop left, and that's it. End of the line. That's cornbrook in a nutshell. Or a corn kernel, I suppose.
5: Isn't that funny? I want everything you want to escape from, and you want everything I'm running from.
6: Hilarious.
5: Anyway, in answer to your question, I have no idea what anyone else is wearing this season.
6: You said that already.
5: But what I intend to wear is one of those nun hoods.
6: That's monks you're thinking of.
5: No, I'm sure it's nuns. They wear those black robes like a judge and the head covering that says, I'm married to the Lord.
6: You might consider at least getting his prayer right before you marry him.
5: Yes, I suppose I might.
6: So is that what the ring's all about?
5: I beg your pardon? The ring
6: on your left finger. You and the uh, Lord are engaged?
5: Oh, no. This is from my fiance.
6: Fiance. So are the two of you marrying the Lord together in some sort of holy, unholy, bigamy thing? Or?
5: Oh, no. I left her at the... Well, we weren't quite married yet, so it wasn't the pulpit.
6: Yes, of course. Leaving them at the pulpit. That common expression.
5: I just couldn't handle the madness and, and the-, the...
6: hectic pace and the doodle-doodle. I heard you.
5: So can you help me or can't you?
6: Help you? Sorry, I seem to be tangled in the subclause of the tangent of this digression. What were we talking about exactly? What
5: of those nuns' hoods, for heaven's sake?
6: <sighs> My dear woman, I can assure you what you want is not called a hood. It is in fact called... A habit.
5: Oh, no, I'm trying to break those.
6: Yes, well, as compelling as this impending vaudeville routine is, it seems our train has reached its destination. I tell you what, using my considerable tailoring skills, which I remind you are completely wasted on the rubes in this sad little yokel town, I shall cut and sew for you from whole cloth a nun's habit. Oh, would you? Certainly. And then, upon completion, I shall deliver it to... Say, where was it you were going again?
5: Why, the monastery, of course.
6: I hate to be the one to tell you this, but there's no monastery in Cornbrook.
5: Of course there's a monastery. I visited it as a girl. Why, it's right on top of the big hill in the west end of town.
0: Yes, all right, keep your straw hat on. I'm only one man. Yes, hello?
5: I knew there was a monastery here.
0: Monastery? Now, who on earth put that idea into Well,
5: you? look at you. You're a priest, aren't you?
0: Well, I used to be, yes. I'm retired now.
5: So you're a monk?
0: Well, no, I'm a retired priest.
5: You're still wearing the costume. Ignoring
0: the no-doubt unintentional insult there, I happen to think it looks rather smart on me. I'm a man of not inconsiderable girth, and I find black to be rather slimming.
5: But you're answering the door at this monastery.
0: Young lady for the second, and I hope last time, this is not a monastery. This was once the parish church for Cornbrook, Connecticut, but they've since erected a much nicer church on the other side of town.
5: Oh. So what is it now, then?
0: Well, I continue to reside here.
5: In seclusion. Like an ascetic?
0: No, like a man who didn't feel like moving all his books to a new house.
5: Listen, this is going to sound a little crazy.
0: Oh, nonsense. I took confession for 37 years. I've heard it all.
5: Well, you see, Father, I'm trying to get away from the corbiantic pace of... Corbiantic? It means frantic, only I'd used the word frantic to describe my situation several times already, and I was trying... Something new.
0: Frantic will be fine.
5: It wasn't fine. It was anything but fine. All the telephone calls and the pressures of an impending marriage and the precocious little sister determined to psychoanalyze me, and then I'd start hearing it. Hearing what? This is the
0: craziest thing I've ever heard.
5: So I thought maybe I could find peace here as a lovesick nun.
0: A lovesick nun.
5: Yes, that's right. Like in all those stories. I'm not sure I've ever... Oh, please, father.
0: Was Father Dulcet, but I feel I should emphasize once again that I'm retired.
5: Oh, Father Dulcet, please, I'm begging you. It might not be immediately apparent to someone who's only just met me, but I'm losing my mind. No,
0: I gathered as much.
5: If I could just stay here in seclusion with you as a lovesick nun, I'm certain things would improve for me.
0: Well, goodness knows I have the room here, and honestly, it is getting a bit lonely, but. What exactly would you do
5: here? Whatever it is that nuns do. I only know what my Catholic friends told me when I was a girl, but I'm led to understand a lot of it involves smacking children's knuckles with a ruler. No, I don't think...
0: Actually, that is a good chunk of it now that I think on it. Tell you what, if you can keep quiet and mostly to yourself... That's
5: exactly what I want.
0: Then I think we can come to some kind of arrangement. After all... If any provide not for his own and specially for those in his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel.
5: Oh, I like that. What's that from? Our Father, Father, who art art in in heaven, heaven, Halloween. Oh, so it's not Halloween.
0: Now, why would you think it should be Halloween? Do you think the Lord's name is... Now, who could that be? Apart from you, no one's knocked on that door in years. Excuse me for just a moment, won't you?
5: Of course, Father. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed, not Halloween. I suppose it does sound a bit silly when you say it out loud like that. Oh, hello. Miss Milligan. I do wish you'd call me Sister Nora.
0: We can get into that another time. For now, this young man is here to see you. Good morning, Sister Nora.
5: See, he calls me.
0: I thought you said you came here for solitude.
5: Well, I did, Father, only this man... I'm sorry, I didn't even get your name.
0: It's Black. Jerry Black.
5: Jerry Black? Why, that's almost my fiance's. <laughs> uh, hello? Is anyone here? N- Nora, darling. That's her.
0: They're not even knocking anymore. Her who?
5: I think it's whom. Nora? Are you... Oh, oh, there you are. Jerry. Yes. Yes? Oh, isn't that funny? His name is Jerry Black and your name is Jerry Blake. Why, you both seem to have an awful lot in common. Why don't you go have coffee together somewhere that isn't here and leave me to...
6: To being a lovesick
4: nun? Yes,
5: that's right. Uh, Now see here, Nora. You walked out of the office quite without
7: warning. I was willing to entertain the notion of being spontaneous, but this is a step too far. And now I find you here with this...
6: Taylor. This
7: Taylor. Taylor,
5: really?
0: That's right. I brought Miss Milligan her nun's habit.
5: Oh, that was awfully nice of you. You didn't have
0: to. Now see here, all of you. I took in Miss Milligan as an act of charity and faith, but I shan't have... Hello! saints preserve
2: us. That sounds like your sister. There you are, Nora! I thought this must have been what you meant when you said you wanted to come back to Cornbrook to become a nun?
6: A lovesick nun.
2: Like you
7: read about in your story. Mmm.
2: You're obviously suffering from a severe psychopathic delusion of persecution combined with minor Oedipal complex. Oedipal complex?
6: I think that one's for boys.
2: Oh no! Freud said that anyone at any time for any reason can be susceptible to the overpowering wiles of an eatable complex. I
0: think I've had quite enough of that sort of talk. This may not be a church anymore.
2: Oh, it's not, is it?
0: But there's still such a thing as common decency.
2: Well, well I've only I have to you say, the
0: ridiculous amount well, I mean, it. of habit you ask for.
2: You don't even know what the thing's wrong. Why, well, you know, no, why would you, no, would you come come run away from an exciting life in the city
6: Where is where it is? anyone's guess.
5: Oh, there's the music again. Now what?
7: Once I figured out where you'd gone off to, I left this address at the office so we wouldn't miss our appointments. That must be old McDougal's barnyard of delights.
2: I thought you didn't handle animal acts. Uh, well, we don't usually, but I thought...
0: I must insist that you remove these animals at once. That emu... Pretty sure it's a llama.
2: Whatever it is, it's defiling
6: what used to be the holy water font. Well, seeing as you're retired and all, it's more like an extremely well-decorated germ.
2: Well, you know, uh, uh, even the uh, animals yeah, they need to be careful.
5: An they to oh. oh, that's it. That's done the trick. What is it, darling? What's done the trick? All I did was put on the nun's hood. It's, it's, it's called, called a, called a habit. habit. Shush. All I did was put this on, and the anxiety just melted away. A what? Seriously? Oh, yes. I've never felt better in my entire life. Now then, Jerry. You. Jerry. With a G. You go tell old MacDougall that I'd be willing to reconsider our policy on animal acts if he could come to our big city office after we've come back from our honeymoon. You mean the wedding's back on? Of course it is, darling. In fact, maybe we could just have it here and now, if Father Dulcet would be willing.
0: I'm still retired.
5: Oh, yes, of course.
6: Actually, if it's at all relevant, I've been ordained by one of those
0: mail-order churches. I've the certificate right here in my wallet. There, you see. And to think I wasted four years at seminary when all I needed were five from sugar crunch cereal and a postage stamp.
5: This seems to be in good order, and we have the perfect venue if the good father, <laughs> excuse me, retired father, wouldn't mind loaning us the use of his retired church. I
0: suppose
6: so.
5: But what will we do for rings? How will we tell our families? What about our vows? Oh, none of that's important, dear. There's no need to get worked up. This, there's, there's no need... You're telling me that there's no need? Everything has a way of working itself out. I realize
2: that now. Of course! It's that crazy nuns hood. It's It's a a habit.
6: And it's not crazy, thank you. I put a lot of care and effort into creating that.
2: Right. And because it looks and feels so authentic to Nora, and because she's imbued it with the idea of being a nun... A lovesick nun. Yes, of course, a lovesick nun. Like you read about in your story. It now serves as a sort of security blanket, shielding her from all the chaos of her life. Yes, that's it exactly. As long as I keep this habit on, everything
5: seems completely within my control. And most of all, I don't hear that horrible music anymore.
6: Say, this is gonna open a whole new career for me. It might finally be my ticket to success in the big city. Put off your impending madness in comfort and style with black sartorial therapy wear.
7: You mean to tell me that you'll be calm and stable as long as you say dressed up as a lovesick nun for the rest of your life? I think so, yes. And that as a married couple, I'll have to live the rest of my life with a wife who looks like a penguin? That's about the size of it, yes. Say, That has the virtue of looking like carefree spontaneity from the outside. Hey, look at my nutty wife. She's dressed like a nun without actually disrupting our lives in a meaningful way. My dear, it's the perfect answer.
1: This episode of Sarcastic Voyage Theatre was written and performed by Mark Bosco, Christy Brannan, Cara O'Connor, Amanda Smith, and Ron Algar-Watt. With Duncan Bosco, Matt Robotham, Sabrina Snyder, and Jason Wallace. It was produced by Algar Productions, copyright 2018.